Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. It is another night, another in-season tournament game for the Phoenix Suns. This time, they're welcoming the Portland Trailblazers. You might know of them, a team that entered 3-10, and not playing their best basketball, but a team that has one DeAndre Ayton on it. Conversely, the Phoenix Suns have Yusuf Nurkic and Nasir Little, both who came over in that Ayton trade. And Matthew, as we stared at that interesting colored court again tonight, the Phoenix Suns walk away with a victory, 120-107, to are now 2-1 and on the in-season tournament, and they are eight and six on the season with a four-game winning streak. Let's go! Hell yeah, man! And the court looks better in person. My first time seeing it in person looks a lot better um, with the jerseys, and I can actually see the players on the TV. Everything kind of blends together. So, um, yeah, good on the court. Um, good on C. Nathan. That was kind of nice. Got a lot of booze. A lot of booze tonight. A lot more than I thought he should have, but. I, I agree, and I, I know that we'll get into, obviously, the Aiton aspect of it, and I don't want to necessarily lead off the podcast with that. Um, but, yeah, I was I was kind of surprised at the, the amount of booze, uh, and I'll give my reasons for that here momentarily. But uh, you're right. It does look a lot better in person. Uh, I've yet to actually see a game in which I've seen it on TV. I've been at both in-season tournament games, and we should be 3-0. and If we hadn't choked away the fourth quarter against the Los Angeles Lakers in our first in-season tournament game at home, we would be 3-0 and in the in-season tournament, a tournament that doesn't matter. I care about getting wins, and we got to win tonight, and I like yeah. that. It matters to me kind of. Now that the Suns might not even make it, I'm kind of like, damn, Like I kind of wish we had a better chance. We really have to hope that some teams lose and we break the tiebreaker to get in, and I want to be in there, man. I want to be at least a wild card. Yeah, it'd be fun. I mean, yeah. it's just go to Vegas. Maybe we'll go to Vegas for the weekend or something. I don't know. We can do know? that. Let me ask the wife. Okay, uh, and then I'll ask the girlfriend. And we'll make that happen. Uh, but again, welcome everybody to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. If you're watching this live, thank you for staying up a little later on this Tuesday night to do so. Matthew and I were both at the game covering it for Bright Side of the Suns, brightsideofthesun.com. So if you have a chance, make sure you head over to brightsideofthesun.com, and that's where you can read all of our writing. And that's why we're in the in the building. It's not because of the podcast. It's because of the writing for Bright Side. So mm-hmm. make sure that you come and you support us there. Uh, if you're listening to this at a later time, guess what? You are going to be just fine because uh, you don't know that we've recorded this a little bit later, and and that's okay. A couple things I do want to throw out <laughs> real quick before we start the podcast. A reminder that if you go to phoenixfits.net, that's F-E-N-I-X-F-I-T-S.net, and you use the promo code SUNSJAM10, you will get 10% off these pretty cool-looking uh, jerseys that they got on the screen, as well as a ton of different shirts and apparel that are going on there. So make sure you go to phoenixfits.net and use promo code SUNSJAM10. And if you get a chance, Brightside Night is coming. It's been officially announced every season. Dave King champions this for Brightside of the Sun. Every $15 donation sends a child to a Phoenix Suns game. We've had 20,000 
kids attend. Let's get it up to 25,000 this year. Just don't drink your coffee from Starbucks for two days. Go to sons.com backslash bright side and make your donation to gate today. It's for a great cause. It's going to be on January 16th against the Kings, which is the best game that I think we've ever had for bright side night. So we would really appreciate it if you would, you know, don't donate, donate, don't donate to our podcast. Donate to Brightside Night. That's what matters. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it well. A lot of talk about in this podcast, Matthew. Oh, yeah. A lot of talk about. The first thing I'm going to talk about is cracking this here beer. All right. I don't work till Monday. Bitch. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Let's I talk do. about this one. It's four in a row for the Phoenix Suns. They win by a final score of 120 to 107, which, of course, brings me to my first question for Matthew Lissy. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. You have got to ask. Obviously, Portland's coming to town, a team that is struggling, 3-10 and 10 entering. They leave 3-11. and 11. What were your overall expectations heading into this game? And ultimately, how did the Suns navigate those expectations as the game went along? Well, you know, I want this team to blow them out. And they kind of did, and they kind of didn't. Um, (laughs) Second quarter was kind of woeful there, where you kind of thought, you know, the Suns are just going to blow them out this game. First quarter, that's what we talked about. The way KD was going off, we're like, oh, they're going to blow, they're going to take this game early. And then give this team, give these starters some rest in the fourth quarter. Didn't really happen out happen that way. But the way that the Suns finished was a little bit um, not concerning, but it was just it was enough to get the job done. But then leaving the starters till about a minute left in the game kind of reminded me of Monty a little bit. You know, they're kind of still bit. out there. You go back in with two minutes left, and then the Blazers have their bench in, and the Suns are like, wait, what are we doing? You know what I mean? So. Um, things like that were kind of weird, but you know what? The Suns look like they're kind of heading in the right direction. It's kind of hard to tell, though, right? Against this Blazers team, yes, um, who are injury prone, and right now they are probably one of the worst teams in the league. So, I mean, obviously you want the win, but you kind of wanted a blowout win with these guys getting some rest heading into tonight, tomorrow night's game against the Warriors. I agree, and it's a point that I, I I'm going to make and, and fortify here. Uh, is that you don't know necessarily who this Suns team is right now. Because during this four-game win streak, granted, it started with a win against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which is a damn good team. It was a Minnesota Timberwolves team that was on the second night of a back-to-back after playing a hard-fought, literally physical-fought game against the Warriors the night before. Comes to Phoenix. Phoenix has a, a quality game. They beat them. Then you beat the Jazz twice in unimpressive fashion, in my opinion. And then you have to play against the Portland Trailblazers tonight. Now, it's a game you should win and a game they did win. And, you know, you'd be happy for that because it felt like in the second quarter tonight when the Phoenix Suns, after shooting 14 of 18 from the field in the first quarter, they went 5 of 18 from the field in the second quarter. And you're like, oh, shit, they're playing down to the level of the competition. This feels like the Suns playing the Spurs all over again, where 
we could beat them, but we start to get a little careless with the ball. We're trying to do too much and we're not as focused as we should be. And then this team with young, hungry players who are trying to earn their minutes and make a name for themselves in this NBA can sneak up and slap you in the face. And the Suns were slapped in the face in that second quarter, but ultimately Frank Vogel made some adjustments and the team coasted to victory. But to your point, even with like three minutes left and the sun's up 11, he couldn't pull the starters yet. I'm like, dude, and we both were sitting there. We kind of looked at each other and we're like, dude, when are the starters coming out, man? Like, yeah, get them some rest. We have a back to back. We play Golden State tomorrow night. And that's always on our mind. I feel like always entering these games, we're always like, come on, like give these guys some rest. But in the second quarter, you kind of felt like every possession was so precious from the Suns. Like Booker was having a hard time scoring. They were doubling him. Brogdon on the other side was getting whatever he wanted, basically, at the rim. Mm -hmm. I feel like Brogdon was like, you know what? This is a game we can actually maybe pull off. That's the way it just kind of felt. He's like, I'm getting what I want. I'm hitting the screens, getting to the rim, taking Eric Gordon or even, at times, Grayson Allen to the rim. And it was easy for him. It was hard to stop that. And like every every possession was so precious. And the only reason you can really tell is because the way that Booker kind of looked out there, his release, you kind of just never trusted it. And the way that like everyone was scrapping for the ball underneath the rim after every offensive shot, it was just like they know they knew it wasn't gonna go in. It was like the easiest shot in that quarter was just kind of like scrape away at the bottom and just grab what you can and put it back up and hopefully you get a foul, hopefully it goes in. It was kind of nasty. I hate those situations where it's yeah. just like, man, these possessions, I just I don't trust the Suns right now. They can't score anything and they can't stop the other end. This it's like the worst kind of scenario right now for the Suns team. And it happens, it only happened maybe a few times in this game, but it's been happening over and over again this whole season. But I will say that that's kind of par for the course for every team. True. You watch a lot of basketball as well as I do. And, and you know, true. It's con- con- true. It's conversations that we have. It's like, hey, did you watch any basketball last night? It's like, yeah. You know, uh, what game did I watch last night? Who was playing last night? Oh, yeah. You tweeted about it too. And I couldn't find it. It was the. Um... Oh, it was Clay Thompson. Yeah. It was, uh, it was Golden State. Uh, oh, yeah. And Clay Thompson clearly traveled. Like he jumped and then landed and then he shot it. And they're like, oh, and the, it was the broadcast. I was watching NBA game time. So I was watching all of them on the uh, NBA TV. And the announcers oh, were just like, wow, how did he stay on the ground? And they showed another replay in a different angle. They're like, we'll just pretend that never happened. Uh, <laughs> well, at least you called him out on Twitter, right? Yeah. He finally has a good game and you call him out on Twitter. <laughs> well, it was like in the first quarter when I called him out. But yeah. that's the conversation that we have is when we're talking about other basketball teams, we talk about kind of the, the brief observations that we that we have of those games. We're not analyzing those games through the same lens as we would the Suns. We, or we would notice those things, the lulls, the scrappiness, the geez, can I, you know, for four minutes, this team has one field goal. You observe it, but you don't feel it the same way that you do when you watch Suns games, because that's what we are. At the end of the day, we're Suns fans who are just waiting for that one time a year. It only happens like four or five times a year where your team plays a damn near flawless game when you're a good team. When you're the Suns from like 2011 to, to about 2019, it didn't happen like once a season. Uh, for a quarter, that was it. You're like, oh shit, we oh, played like Marquise a team, Chris. man. No way, that's yeah. way before Marquise. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, I want to give a shout out, as always, to Biscuits and the Bear, one of our elite jamsters who every time the Phoenix Suns win, donates to the podcast in the amount 
that the Suns won by. It was a 13-point victory tonight. Biscuits and the Bear donates $13 to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Thank you for doing so. Biscuits and the Bear says Jazz lost by lost by 32. They were playing the Lakers tonight in their in-season tournament game in Group A, which is the same group in which the Phoenix Suns currently reside. Suns second in the group. Just need a big point game on Friday, and they are in. I believe after our victory, we now are 2-1 and one with a plus 13-point differential. And the way that the in-season tournament works, for those of you who don't know, is eight teams from each conference make it to the, the knockout round, right? We're in group play right now. The knockout round is what happens next. So you have the three group winners, and then the next two teams with the best record and highest point differential. That's what determines what the knockout round is. So when we play Memphis on Friday, and Memphis is not a good team, if we just beat the shit out of them, we can go to that in-season tournament that Matthew's kind of coming around on. I, and for Suns fans, yeah. I, I'd like us to get to that in-season tournament because it would be fun just to be a part of that experience in the first go-round instead of being one of the teams that's like, well, you didn't make it, so we have now determined that you have to play uh, Memphis again. And we're like, yeah, damn, sat on the bench. So <laughs> that is upcoming. Uh, next thing that I want to talk about, you know, taking a look, Michael Kolb in the chat says uh, about Devin Booker. He says, Booker's still not himself. Missed a lot of book shots he normally makes and was visibly upset. Big Dick Booker. EDB tonight comes out. He goes 9 of 20 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3, has 6 assists, has 3 rebounds, only 1 turnover, had a steal, had a block, 28 points from Devin Booker. And the majority of those were generated at the free throw line where he was 10 for 10, Matthew. So what did you see from Devin Booker tonight? Um, The one thing that really probably only mattered to Booker was just hitting that jumper over Aiden. After Aiden blocked him in the fourth quarter, the Blazers went on their last run, right? Aiden kind of was ghostly in the second half, and then he comes back, gets a big block on Booker. Then Booker comes back down, hits that shot over him. They're talking shit. I'm sure that's all Booker cared about tonight. Oh, yeah. On my end, though, I think, you know, like Michael Kolb says, he doesn't look the same. And to me, we were talking at the game, and I did say, I'm like, I do feel like it's from that block from Markin and still something happened on that play where he was playing, like, fucking awesome. Like, he was a incredible right before that right it was kind of reminds me of the pelican series when he was just going off and then he hits that three as the buzzer goes off and he bumps that little baby then after that it's like what the fuck happened to him <laughs> there's little things that happened to him that are just well not little things that block was huge and i think it kind of hurt him and i don't know where we're at but something happened to him and i don't think it's his spirit because booker he can't he can't just his spirit is perfect all right there's nothing that can like basically take that away from him and make him like an actual man you know what i mean like he's actually like god out there but there's just there's a little bit of an injury to him and i think that he's gonna play through it you don't have yep. any choice right now if he came out and it's like yeah you know it's my leg again something else my uh my calf something else is definitely wrong with this other leg you gotta still play it just sucks because he's in such a pickle because he knows Beal's gonna be out for three weeks so he can't take time off and I'm yeah. sure he doesn't want to, but he has to play through this the best he can. He's a little off. Yeah. So the block that you're referencing was when Laurie Markkinen blocked him two games ago, and it was a pretty aggressive block in which Booker's arm kind of got bent back a little bit because of the force of the block, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. So um, I, I'm not sure. 
I definitely think that he's been out of rhythm. It's just been the past couple games. And you're right. You know, after that, that game against the Utah Jazz, the first game in which the Suns won in non-overtime, um, he he has been less efficient Booker. But we've seen this in stretches from Booker in the past where he does put up nine for 20s. I'm not, I'm not worried about his production and his ability to be productive because he is such an a, a intellectual basketball player that he knows, hey, if I don't have it going tonight, I'm, I'm going to get to the line. I'm going to attack. I'm going to contribute to this team. I think that he is still recovering from obviously being out seven games. He's had some minute restrictions. We haven't, I feel, seen Frank Vogel truly unleash him yet. We haven't seen Devin Booker play a whole first quarter yet. That's a, a, been a Devin Booker staple for, fuck, like seven years. Like, he just plays the first quarter, the entire thing. Now, granted, I think that Frank Vogel sees this as an opportunity. It's like, I can pull him out with about five minutes, and I bring him back with about two. That's what he's been doing, is he pulls him with about five minutes left in the first, and he brings him back with about two. And then once he comes back, KD's out. And so KD's playing 10 minutes in the first, not all 12, like he was during the time in which, in which both Booker and Beal were injured. So the substitution patterns are probably mirroring the fact that he is on somewhat of a minutes restriction. You know, that being said tonight in a game in which they, you know, he played 33 minutes and I think that's a good amount for Devin Booker. And he's kind of up there. I just think he's off right now. And I don't know if it's necessarily due to an injury. I just think that players go through times where he's not the, he hasn't always been the most super efficient player. He can be an efficient player. I mean, that's one of the things that Devin Booker possesses, but he's not, always super efficient you look at his career when it comes to uh just field goal percentage you know 51 percent this year if he was to end this season right now 51 percent just highest in his career so technically he's shooting the best we've ever seen after last year where he shot 49.4 percent obviously a, a number to pay attention pay attention when it comes to Devin Booker's the true shooting percentage and where is true shooting right there? True shooting, he's at highest in his career. He's 64.2%. So true shooting percentage is a combination of multiple statistics. But we're seeing technically one of the best shooting careers in Devin Booker's entire career. It's just the past couple of days, he's just been a little less efficient. And it could it be injury. You might not be wrong, but everybody's injured right now. Yeah. And and I, the thing is just like the cutthroat that Booker is. You know what I mean? Like, you just you notice a different body out there. Just right now, he's just kind of going through Head the man Booker. That's fine if he's gonna if he's like not if he's not feeling it tonight in the, in the game before, and he knows that. And then Katie gets up his twenty one shots and he scores thirty one again tonight. That's fine. But I'm just talking about there's just a different feel from him. All right, it's not the cutthroat Booker like he started out the season when he did play in between those injuries. It's just it's it's a little different and. His, of course, his shooting percentage and all that, that's great. It's kind of like when we talked about Aiden when we first got Nurkic and we compared the two or whatever. Yeah. And Aiden looks so much better on paper. Like, oh, look at all this shit. But it's just look at the body of work and just what he can actually – what he actually looks like on the court. So it's a little different to me. Yeah, and I think, again, Devin Booker's kind of uh, walking that line right now where he knows he has to be more of a distributor. So you do see him thinking a little bit. And you do see him trying to navigate the offense, not only as an offensive force scoring, but as an offensive uh, force who's trying to facilitate as well. Only six assists tonight. 
Uh, and it's funny because you only you say the word only, whereas in the past, six assists from Booker, you're like, fuck, yeah, that's a bonus. Yeah. But right now, because he's a primary facilitator and playmaker for this team, you're expecting maybe a little bit more. So I think that's part of it. I think that it's the uh, it's it's the mental game, if you will, from Devin Booker. Next up, the guy I want to talk about is one Kevin Wayne Durant. Who the heck are you? I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. Fresh from coming off of not winning the Western Conference Player of the Week, which he should have. Darren Fox won it. The Sacramento Kings went 4-0, and he had decent numbers. But the Suns went 3-0 last week. And Kevin Durant shot 36 points. He had 8.7 assists. He had seven or 8.7 rebounds, seven assists, and a, and a and his splits were ridiculous. Like if you are a 50-40-90 uh, uh, f- guy, you're elite. Okay, that's kind of the baseline. 50 field goal percentage. You make half of your shots. 40 percent from beyond the arc, and 90 percent from the free throw line. He had like 63, 63, and 100 last week, and he did not win Player of the Week. A Slap in the face by the NBA, in my personal opinion. Kevin Durant was amazing last week, and he carried it over tonight. 31 total points, 9 assists. Uh, he only had the 4 rebounds, but he had a block. Only 3 turnovers, which is a plus for Kevin Durant, because uh, if you take a look at the most turnovers in a game this season, the top 5, Kevin Durant owns 2 of those games. Giannis is number 1 with, I think, 9, and then Katie's got an 8 turnover game and a 7 turnover game, but only 3 turnovers in this one. 13 to 21, super efficient again. Only three free throws, but I mean, Kevin Wayne Durant of the team high plus 20 tonight, just doing what he wants on the court. And it's just to to be able to witness it, whether you're watching it on television or you're there in person, it's just it's beautiful, man. And the colorways he wore tonight, those mint green color, <laughs> those were fucking sick. You know me. Every time he comes up, we're standing there and Kevin Durant comes walking. I'm like, yes, look at his shoes. <laughs> the first thing you told me as soon as I got to you sitting in the second row right there, you're like, Oh, look at it, look at Katie's shoes. I'm like, Oh yeah, you noticed right away. That's the first I thing you looked do. at. I always do. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, yeah, and congrats to uh Kevin Durant. He's now eleventh all time in scoring, which is fucking great. Just out here breaking yeah. records as a Phoenix in, Sun. In his one thousandth game. Oh my god, dude. It you know, up in the uh, little media box where it, it gets a little steamy up there, you know, if you're kind of taking notes and you know, you're not paying attention too much. There goes KD in the first quarter, just scoring back-to-back buckets. He kind of got the reins from Booker tonight, just taking over the first quarter. Because like you said, Booker's not finishing the whole first quarter like he normally does. And we're used to like the 13 points, 11 points from Booker in the first quarter. Now it was KD in the first quarter. And he got us out to that really hot start. Then you saw when he left, it kind of was a different game there in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just, right now, he's he's insane. And I think the MVP conversation is a real thing now with him just because of the way that Booker hasn't played in the past few games where it hasn't been lights out book, like we kind of expected maybe with Kevin Durant. I, even though you brought up the stats, it's fine. All right. That's fine. Okay. I know the whole okay. stats thing. All right. I'm not, you know, with that's the not statistics my... and whatnot. Uh, you know, Oh my Kevin God. Durant though. He puts Kevin up, Durant he puts with the fucking stats. statistics, this fucking guy, I'm telling yeah. you, Dude. he puts up the stats. He's a fucking baller out there on the court. I fucking love the guy. <laughs> I fucking love Kevin fucking Durant. Okay, we'll that's never all get I gotta it, say. Right? I never will. I every time I'm never, like, I'm so frustrated. Like part of me loves it, but part of me like I'm I hurt inside because we have 35 year old Kevin Durant. I'm like, man, I wish we had this guy 10 years ago. Like I just I love I watching him play basketball so so much, and I have 
for 16 years he's been in the NBA. I remember watching him at Texas when he was in college, and it was like I being at my buddy's house, and we were watching college because I had a buddy who was huge in college basketball. And we'd sit there and just like, like this Kevin Durant guy, like there's no way he's gonna be this good in the NBA. He's fucking amazing. And just to go there and and to see him and experience watching Kevin Durant uh, again, Suns fans, enjoy this. Man, enjoy yeah. this. He's an automatic fucking bucket. Like anytime you need a bucket, there's Kevin Durant doing something amazing, a fast break. Uh, and, and one of the greatest things that I thought I saw tonight, and this is this is gonna make for a good segue, is he's on fire. He's playing, he's playing fantastic. And another player who's a former member of the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, oh, are you are you going to someone else really quick? I am. Oh, I just have one more thing to say about oh. Kevin Durant. Oh, well, then please. Oh, just really quick. Um, I like, just... I fucking love Kevin Durant, I told you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But do you notice the difference yeah, yeah. between being here in Phoenix and playing in Brooklyn and with, um, with uh, excuse me, with the Golden State Warriors? Like, the media presence and everything around him, like, it's just different here, I feel like. Like, he's just more relaxed, and he has, like, an opportunity to be himself, and he just seems happier. I know I mentioned when he came to Phoenix, I was like, I haven't seen him this happy in forever. Like, what about the two championships he won on Golden State? He was happy then. It's like, yeah, he kind of was, but he always had, like, I got to prove it to everybody look on his face. Here, he just seems so much more happier. I just noticed that being, you know, sidelined and just watching him with the fans, signing every fucking autograph. I was like, take a selfie with the kid? Yeah, hey, yeah, hey. Can yeah, get down here. Let me sign that hat for you. Let me take a selfie. Like he's just the most genuine, awesome dude to be around. I feel like down there, and but he just seems so happy here. He just he does. Like there's not a whole lot of pressure here in Phoenix, but it's just like the right amount of pressure. So that's just with just a big difference. And you know who's a, a good friend of his and somebody that he has mutual respect for. And I think that he's just enjoying this part of his career. I will say this uh, before I transition into I'll the next segment. Uh, the kids were so annoying <laughs> today. Really? Oh yeah, the ones who were screaming at Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant goes out there and he does his workout. He does the same routine every time, right? Yeah. He stretches. He does a couple, you know, agility things. He he dribbles. He hits his spots. And the whole time on the opposing side of the court, you know, where the Portland Trailblazers are shooting, you got a fucking mass of kids. And the shit that they're yelling at Kevin Durant to get his attention. Like I remember being a kid and being an yeah. autograph seeker. I was never like rude. I just like you just kind of waited your turn. And these kids like there's this self-righteousness to these kids. And I was right next to DeAndre Ayton when he was signing uh, autographs for some fans when he was getting ready to go back in the tunnel. I was right there. And some kid after DeAndre Ayton goes go, walks away, talks to security, goes like, hey, man, that kid, that kid right there bumped my head, man. And the security goes, OK, and he's just like, dude. I could sue that kid. I'm like, oh my god, dude. So those those kids, just, just so you guys know, those kids still exist out there. Those little shits out there. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like you. I'm like you, sons of bitches. So, I anyways, wish, I wish I cared about autographs. Still, I just don't even care. I don't. You I know don't. what I mean? Like, it's not even like the past few years. I just, I don't know why well, I'm older. But. Well, it's like, what am I going to do with it? Like, I have another grown man signature in oh, my in my house. Cool. Yeah. Like, Someone that's younger than me. <laughs> me. Meanwhile, here I am sitting wearing a grown man's shirt. You know, it says Durant on the back. He got his KDs too. I got my. <laughs> One of these days, you're gonna ask him like, "Hey, you know, you guys are on a 13 game win streak. You know, can I just get a little autograph? <laughs> can you sign my KDs?" But one of my favorite moments of the game is Kevin Durant's hot. The the, the ball starting to move around in that third quarter, and Kevin Durant has a wide open three, and he doesn't take it. He passes it to a guy who's earned some minutes and was playing well, and he fanned the flames of him. And I love that. That's a veteran move. 
is to empower those around you. A leader empowers those around them. And that's what he did when he passed the ball to Nasir Little. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. And I'm very close to having all of the stuff I need to make Nasir Little's drop actually have video of him in a son's uniform. He's getting more playing time right now. And I loved what I saw from Nasir Little tonight. Ends up scoring 13 points in this game off of the bench, plays 22 minutes, goes four of six from the field, including four, four from the free throw line. One of three from beyond the arc that came off of that pass from Kevin Durant had five rebounds, a steal and a block in this game. A guy who's had an opportunity because Utah Watanabe got hurt a guy who's taken that opportunity and he's maximized it by providing effectiveness on both offense and defense. It's one of the things I said coming into this year. It's like, I know that he has high upside relative to talent on the offensive side, but on the defensive side, he's been really inconsistent and not a great off ball defender. And one of my favorite moments of the night for him is he's on the weak side. You can see that the, the blazers are just dying to give that ball down to Aiden and they do. And Nas comes right from behind and strips it. I'm like, that's, that's beautiful. I am in the process of writing an article that'll be on bright side of the sun tomorrow morning because I have to, I have to put, in words, what I saw from Nasir Little, because I thought he was absolutely fantastic in this game, Matthew. Yeah, just great minutes from him. I think he has like the perfect body for a defender, really. Um, if he keeps getting minutes and he can, keeps like piling on that confidence, he's going to be even better. I love how he just fits into everything, right? He kind of just like it's a rock, like a solid rock, just the perfect height, right? He can just squeeze into defenders, like when Aiden's down there. I guess, well, we don't want to talk about Aiden really, but. Until a little we bit will. later, we will, but like just the way that he can get in front of him to sneak in there. But he has a long arms to grab and snatch any kind of rebound that he can grab. Um, that's awesome to see because it's kind of like an Akogi thing, but he just has that extra length. And you see, obviously, that he's getting more minutes, that he's better on the offensive end, but also just defensively, dude, he just makes himself known out there. It's another guy, like we talked about last time with KBD getting so much better, little really earning our trust. Tonight, it's just like he has it, right? And we're talking about Yuta's like in the back. He just, he's hurt. He looks upset. You know, it kind of sucks, right? Because we were big fans of him. But right now, Little's just, he's perfect for that situation. Perfect for that role that they were trying to do with Yuta. He just feels mm-hmm. it so much better, man. He just is that much better. I'm not saying defensively, anybody can really take him off the dribble at times. But oh, yeah. he can also just hold his own in certain situations. And he's really proven it to us, dude. And I hope that he continues to get those minutes. I really think he is. Like, I think he'll be the first guy, one of the first guys off the bench in the first quarter, obviously. 
He has been. And I think that, yeah, he has a lot of limitations, obviously. But he's, I, I asked you the question during the last podcast if he's this year's Josh Akogi. And what I meant by that is he's somebody who had an opportunity and he seized it. And that's what we're seeing from Little thus far. You know, prior to this game, the most minutes he had played, he played 20 minutes in a game against the Utah Jazz, which was the third game of the season. And he had a decent game in that one. He was three of eight from the field. He had six points, uh, but not really a complete game. He, three games ago against Minnesota, he played three minutes. First game against Utah, he played 11. Last game, he played 20. Okay, so you're starting to see that. In the last game, he scored 10 points, his first double-digit point output of the year. Now, 13. Now, granted, there's a, a little extra juice that he has in this game as well, knowing that he's playing against you know, the, the Portland Trailblazers, a team that he has played for his entire career. He originally was uh, drafted with the 25th overall pick in the 2019 draft by the Portland Trailblazers. And so Vogel recognized that this is a guy who could probably give them a little more oomph if needed, knowing that he's already kind of conditioned him over the last couple of games to be like, hey, because if you remember two games ago against Utah, he was part of that third quarter substitution that I thought was really important, where they went really defense heavy at the back end of the third, beginning of the fourth. Last game was the first game where he was one of the first ones off the bench with Josh Okogie. So you come out with an offensive set that includes Booker and Durant and uh, Gordon and uh, Grayson Allen and Nurkic, and then you throw a couple heavy-duty defenders out there when you pull Gordon and you pull Allen or Booker, and he capitalized by not only playing that good defense but providing some offensive output. So I think that, again, you know, we've talked about it multiple times when, we, when we've referenced the Phoenix Suns and how they're growing together. Frank Vogel's learning what the capacity of his lineup is, and these are guys that you need throughout the entire season. Come playoff time, who knows what the fuck's going to happen. But it's fun to see during the regular season that guys are getting the opportunities like KBD did a few games ago as well. And they're capitalizing on the opportunities. So what we do here on Suns Jam Session, we sometimes, you know, we talk about trades, right? Where we're kind of looking for that guy to come in off the bench and kind of just met, not the fuck shit up guy, but the guy that actually can kind of just can make a stop, right? Come in defensively and just like, oh, he's on the floor. Like, you notice him right away. And, you know, names are being thrown out there, right? I said Marcus Smart, whatever. Financially, you can't do it, whatever. Who gives a fuck? But, you know... Are these players like Little? Are they really playing themselves into a actual role with the Suns in the future? Or, like James Kelly says, we need Nas to keep having these games trade chip. Or completely agree because he's like a six million dollar contract. That's yep. And Dave King, uh, he talks about it all the time, right? He brings it up anytime we talk about a trade. Yep, you get to throw it in there. And it's the only thing that makes sense. But can he just play himself into that role where he's that guy, or else you go after a guy like I don't? Do you need like a Malcolm Brogdon? Who's injury prone too, but looks exactly. <laughs> no, just get Marcus Smart too. I mean, just we want everyone just to saying, be like, a little red cross. Yeah, because Brogdon's going to be moved. Brogdon's going to be on a different team, I think for sure. Agree, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. No, I, I I agree with that. A guy that uh, we finally got some minutes from tonight, Matthew. What are you laughing at? I just look if, at myself sometimes. I'm like, what if, am I doing if, here? If, 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 if we should, Play. if we if we should if we should trade, should I trade myself? No. I just met him. And this is crazy. But here's my number. Four. So call me maybe. 
Chemetsi Metu finally four. got some <laughs> four. <laughs> Chemetsi Metu finally got some run tonight. He played six total minutes, Matthew. Zero points, one personal foul, one assist, one steal. But he came out and it was a quick little curveball again. These are the little curveballs that Frank Vogel's playing with. When you have somebody who is at, who is as athletic as DeAndre Ayton is, you throw Metu out there for about six minutes just to fuck with him. And that's what he did. He came in and they were banging bodies. What were you saying when they started banging bodies? Oh, I look like DeAndre Ayton. No, I look more like DeAndre Ayton. No, I do. Because <laughs> <laughs> they both look like DeAndre Ayton. Oh, that was great. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on the six minutes of Metu oh, tonight? Man, that give and go with him and Allen in the fourth, just beautiful, right? The one play. But that's all you need in the six minutes. And here, here comes another guy. Everyone's been chanting for Metu. I know it's usually Bowl Bowl, but we haven't been getting the blowouts like we thought we were earlier in the season, so you don't see a lot of Bowl Bowl. Metu can come in and really provide some good minutes. I honestly thought he could fill in Yuta's spot better than little just put him there um mm-hmm. but you see a lot more from metu he's he definitely brings a presence on the floor um it's just you kind of got to switch up with a different kind of big guy he's definitely different you don't really know his game yet until he gets more minutes because he is more finesse right in a way but then he can bang bodies with a guy like aiden obviously but um i like what i'm seeing from him so far right six minutes you're like wait what he's on the floor it was awesome dude i'm glad because we're getting little and the last thing is I wanted was Metsu, and now we got Metsu. Well, and again, like everybody has to lose minutes in order for somebody else to gain minutes. So the question becomes, well, whose minutes are he taking? Well, he took six minutes from Drew Eubanks tonight. Uh, but Drew Eubanks yeah. was having kind of a rough night. He had seven Ooh. points. He was one of four from the field. He got five free throws to go in. But he had four fouls, two turnovers. It just wasn't a good Eubanks night. And again, that's okay. That's going to happen. It was a great adjustment. By Vogel to go, listen, Eubanks, it's just, it's not working out tonight. He's a former Portland Trailblazer. He's not bringing that same fire and passion to defeat his team. He's just trying to fucking destroy everybody because he was playing physical as shit and they were calling him for it. So he's like, you know what? We're going to throw Metu out there. So again, like these little micro adjustments, uh, it's, it's great to see because I have seen some people dog on Frank Vogel a little bit because of the sun's slow start. And it's like, dude. You have to understand there's so many new assets here, and he's trying to figure out who is playing what and when, and he's making those in-game adjustments, and it's been uh, – I've been impressed with Volvo thus far. I don't know about you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone kind of has those little snippets here or there where they're just like, oh, Vogel, those adjustments, mm. where are they going to be made? He's slowly making them over the time of the season. Um, but, yeah, with Bo- you, with Boo Banks, with Boo Banks. Banks, man, his, his, um, his presence in the second quarter – was everything it was nasty it was just it was not what the suns needed in that second quarter really hold down a lead those three fouls dude like instantly he looked like he kind of just like and i'm sorry i'm a big eubanks fan but like kind of just pooped himself and was like i gotta get out of here quick you know what i mean like he had skid marks he saw on the way running in on the mirror or something he's like i gotta get out of here right everyone's gonna see um that wasn't very funny at all that was was shitty oh literally Um, shitty huh but yeah, honestly though, the hard time containing grabbing the board leading to second chance points for the other team, it was very on Eubanks like. It just wasn't going his way today. And usually you're like Booker try to hit him underneath the basket for a quick pass for a dunk and he just kind of fumbled it. You're like, oh, I'm not used to seeing that. So everyone has the off nights and Eubanks, a guy that we talked about maybe taking a starting position. I, we always do this though. I always do this. No, you always Being do a starting this. Center. <laughs> yeah. We're in this together though. We're Eubanks, definitely in this together. Correct. He's definitely um, a backup. So yeah. All right. Let's yeah. And it's, a, it, 
it, it, exactly. Okay, just let it go. Let it go. Um, I think we've hit that time of the podcast, Matthew. Watch. Actually, DeAndre Ayton made his return to the Footprint Center uh, for the first time playing in front of his former organization, the organization that drafted him first overall. Uh, I do have some video. I, if you're listening, listen to it and and think about what you hear. Okay, so this is kind of the intro video uh, and then the reaction to the intro video. Let's Welcome back to the What do you think, Matthew? Was those cheers or were those boos? No, it was definitely boos. When he came out for warm-ups, too, it was a lot of boos. I didn't hear any cheering, um, which kind of sucks because, you know, the way Aiden is, he's just a child, man, like in a way, right? He's just – you kind of want to treat him nicely. He meant no harm, but he kind of did because he lied to us for five fucking years. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm okay with the boos. I think that um, Okogi being with him in that shot, right, I think Okogi even said, like, he was the closest to Aiden. Him and, him and Aiden were really close, and there was somebody mm-hmm. else – that's not on the team either. But the thing is, like, book and like, you didn't see anything between those two or even KD. Um, you didn't see them unless I missed it. They didn't dap up or whatever they do. They did and not. Aiton was um, basically, I don't, I don't know, man. He was just kind of by himself out there. And he's, I don't know where his head is with the city of Phoenix and stuff. It's just fucking crazy. He's signing autographs. He was. I have to shoot around. Um, but and he was excited. Trevor Booth got video of him coming through uh, right after signing autographs. He says they still love me in Phoenix. Um, yes, so, I saw that. So yeah. I don't know. He's so fucking weird. I don't know. So, so I'll say. I'll, so I'll say this. You know, and I, I tweeted it out. It's like, listen, give this man his flowers. Thank DeAndre Ayton for what he did here. The Valley Oop. I mean, he was part of a 2021 Finals run. Okay, we go back and we look at the 93 team and people older than us look at the 76 team and the re- the relationships that you had with those players at those times, you will always cherish good, bad, or indifferent. There it is because of what it meant to you at that time. But ultimately, you look back on them with fondness because they were special. And Aiton was part of something special here. So I said, it, give this man his flowers and then beat the shit out of him. And that was the game plan tonight. And you mentioned it. I was I was down uh, on the Portland Trailblazers side of the court. Uh, I was actually watching Tamani Kamara was sitting there with one of the assistant coaches, and they were just going over game film for like ten minutes. I was sitting there. They were doing a scouting report before the game when Aiden came running out. Yeah, I was peeking over. I was watching. They were showing a lot of the Suns versus uh, the Utah Jazz in the the Friday game, and they were going over stuff and they're pointing stuff out to Kamara. So I was like peeking on that. All of a sudden, like Aiden comes running out, you know, wearing like just his uh vest if you will and I, and I started taking videos because i wanted to post a good video and he just was bricking fucking everything and i was just like oh my god man well i'm gonna post videos of yeah. Aiden and he's bricking um but yeah booze came out as you saw right there let you be the judge i thought i heard booze I, I you know he got the ball a lot early the first possession of the game it was him with the ball facing up nurkic and nurkic took it from him uh but that being said he had a he had a decent game. 18 points, 8 rebounds. He was 9 to 14 from the field. A couple turnovers, but he had a block, a steal, four assists. It was a good Aiton game, but there's no one around him cuz he's on a shitty team now. And in typical Aiton fashion, I don't know what it is, 
but he had a very solid first half and disappeared in the second half because they stopped running. Jeremy Grant started taking over and Malcolm Brogdon started taking over and DeAndre Ayton kind of like what he does. He doesn't really demand the ball nor necessarily should he. And that was kind of it. You know, Ayton was efficient. Uh, he, he, in the first quarter, he had 12 points of their 21 and 12 of their first 18. So, I mean, he, he was, he was playing fantastic, but ultimately when everything is said and done, Aiton's going to just carry on with Portland and we're going to continue to win games. And that's just the long and short of it. Yeah. He disappeared. And also the, uh, the free throw attempts, he had zero again. So I don't know if yeah. you did see that he was at 0.7 um, attempts per game, which no center ever in the history of the game has averaged less than one free throw per game. Mm-hmm. Um, so all his shots, finesse, just Booker like, right? When he gets hot and streaky, he is Booker like. Like he can hit those. Yeah, he can hit those mid range jumpers insane, all day yeah. long. And he was aggressive there at times, man. Like he was swimming when Metsu was trying to box him out. He swam around that, try to get the rebound. He can grab those offensive boards. He has some nice offensive boards tonight, setting up guys for wide open threes that they just drilled. So you see that, and in the first first quarter, it was like, oh my god, dude, Aiden looks fucking great, you know. And then he does turn into a ghost. He just goes away. His first half stats basically look like a full game stats he had four or 12 points and or 14 points in the first half 18 points total so that's just typical eight and that's why the frustration just creeps in on suns fans because this is exactly what he did here in phoenix and it's like oh well where did he go right but he doesn't ask for the ball but he could man he was owning it like i just i don't know he was he was uh, cooking he he was cooking he really was he, i'm glad he didn't get the ball i was like dude is this guy yeah, gonna get 50 too. we joked yeah. around before the game like he's gonna get 50 points tonight he saved it all this season sucky games leading up to this point to get 50 on the suns and he was on his way there just didn't want to do it it's like lazy squatch says in the chat typical da could have had 36 got 18 it got too physical for him this game was way too physical for him and nurk is just so fucking physical he had three dunks that was the adjustment that they made in the second half is they said we're going to attack on the interior and we're going to get physical. Nurkalicious definition make them boys go crazy. Oh. And earlier, Nasir Little, former member of the Portland Trailblazers, had a fantastic game. I think that Yusuf Nurkic had a fantastic game against an athletic center in DeAndre Ayton. Nurkic, 29 minutes played with 7 of 11 from the field, including two three-pointers, mind you. He had 18 points. 12 rebounds in this game, had four blocks, three turnovers for Nurkic. And that was the game plan was we know that Aiton is a finesse player, but he's not going to attack you. He's going to settle for the jump shots. So attack him and play him physical because he doesn't like to play physical. When we talk about the athletic centers and the issues that Nurkic has with them, with the Chet Holgrams, with Victor Wembanyama, with Anthony Davis, is those are players who like to attack the rim and like to utilize their athletic ability to get around you, whereas DeAndre Ayton's going to settle for the jumper almost every time. He's going to spin around and do all of his stuff, but it's always going to be 12 feet from the rim, and that plays right into Nurkic's hands because if you miss that shot, he will be there to rebound it, and he can rebound the ball. I thought for both him and Furnace Little, both Portland Trailblazers uh, in the past, I thought they played fantastic basketball games tonight. And Nurkic was a big reason why we won because, again, in that third quarter, they started getting physical, like you said, a couple dunks early in the third just to establish dominance on the interior. 
Yeah, the 18 points, 12 rebounds, not so far from DeAndre. And if you just look at the box score, but just hard fought for it, right? It just seemed like he had, it seemed like Nurk had a 30 point game tonight. The way he was just cruising at times. Um, he could just find himself in front of Aiton, though. That's the thing is like when he's grabbing those offensive boards, just like I was talking about Nazir a little earlier, where he was just finding himself in the middle of the lane, right under the basket. You can do that against Aiton. Like all of a sudden, you're just right there because you can outplay him basically to every ball. Um, so it's a great matchup for Nurk and Nurk had to prove something too. And I love how he dunked the ball, right? We don't have to get frustrated at Nurk to dunk the fucking ball. Like he can just, he always lays it in just like Aiden, but we, accept, <laughs> we expect that from him. But tonight gives us a big monsters dunks, dude. Look the fuck out. Watch out. Nurk is flying through the air tonight. Wasn't he? Nurk it's city air, air Nurk. You know what I'm saying? It was just, it was straight up air Nurk tonight. And I think that, <laughs> you know, again, it, it's going to be peaks and valleys with Nurkic. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hopefully this podcast has assisted you in accepting that. But when everything's said and done, I think that uh, you take a look at Nasir Little, you take a look at Grayson Allen, who was very uh, average tonight. Only eight points, four or five from the field, six rebounds, five assists, two steals, uh, two fast break dunks early in the game. You yeah. know, But he served his role appropriately. And I think that all those guys kind of put together, it's – it, it's the, the sum is better than the parts. Aiden has more talent, but what the Phoenix Suns have is they have utilized correctly the ability to take what DeAndre Aiden was and put it into three productive players, two who are consistently productive, and one who is showcasing his, uh, his ability to be uh, an upside player in Nasir Little. So I don't know. It was it was really uh it was really a solid performance by all the former Portland Trailblazers tonight, in my personal and professional opinion, Matthew. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So I was hanging out in Portland again tonight, Matthew. The lights were low. Batman was out on the rise. Here's what I found. In Rip City. One, Matthew. Why do they call it Rip City? Any idea? It's because of the uh is it because of the river that rips right through it? I don't know. <laughs> I was hoping you did. Here's one. LOL. Aiden and LOL Nurk. Turn around fade away. Because they both came out just with turn around fadeaways. Grayson Allen ate my son. Where is he? I don't <laughs> he know. My son. But Grayson Allen must have eaten him. Allen does something that everyone's family member for some reason is subreddit. <laughs> uh, the court is hurting my eyes. <clears throat> I didn't know Ted Cruz could throw down like that. Suns were playing that first quarter like a playoff game. It's like, no, the, the first quarter Suns are just really, really good. That starting five is pretty fucking great. And I, I love this comment. I actually tweeted this out from this, I think, the Suns Jam Session uh, Twitter. Who the fuck is Reith? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Ten that points. Means, yeah, Dwap <laughs> Reef coming off the bench had uh, ten points. And he did so on four of six shooting, including two or three from downtown. The dude's a center. That was in the first half, though. Yeah. But it was yeah. just like, 
And big steal too. Cut it down the to fuck one point. Oh, real quick, DeAndre Ayton was a uh, a game worst negative thirty three tonight. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Holy shit! Um, Nurk is Nurk sulking and hanging his head is something I don't miss. We hear that a lot. Do you see Nurk like sulking and and hanging his head, or is that just me? Yeah. He has that body. That's just the way he is. Someone actually told me that last pod, I think, in the comments saying, like, that's just the way Nurk looks, dude. So you have to get over it. Because I was a body language thing I was worried about, but he's just that way. Okay. Well, I guess so. I guess he plays right. hard, though. Sucks. We gave up Nas to make the money work. Let's see. I got two more for you um, that I'm just scrolling right now. <laughs> now, Nurkic wants to dunk. What a hoe. <laughs> and that is the subreddit stake out. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Give me my new thing. When I do Batman, I'll turn the lights off so it gets oh really dark night esque. Dark dark nighty. That's always so good, man. <laughs> Uh, lazy squatch in the chat is like, come on, no Grayson Allen drop. All right, you want it, you got it. Hi, Barbie. Oh, hi, Alan. There you go. I started it off. I didn't mean to actually unclick it. Oh, I'm messing up as a producer all over the place over here. Yeah, fired. Matthew, anything else that you have in your your uh? Yeah, let me take a look. Actually, Ugh. I had a lot. I think I had the most notes on Eubanks. Um, nothing under Bookwin. Bookwin. I was looking Book at Booker and Goodwin. <laughs> I always put Goodwin in there, and it's always like when he's starting to play point, he's bringing the ball up twice in a row, and that's when I'm like, okay, well, let's see how this works out, and just kind of just disappears. I think that time in the second quarter, when Book was being doubled, and he had to try to make the best out of his floaters and stuff. It just was not looking good. So not yeah. game by him. Yeah. Um, but I think that's about it, man. I think um, Eric Gordon defensively reliable. Yeah. Unreliable. That's it. Yeah. All right. Don't look at the box score. Okay. Okay. How many minutes did Kata Bates Diop play tonight? 15. Played 10. I forgot he was on the court. I didn't, I didn't notice him on the court once tonight. It was in the second quarter, like him and it was most in the second, I feel like, because it was like him and Goodwin. They were just trying to make do with what they could offensively at that time. So, and that, and that was our worst quarter. We only scored 22 points that quarter. We scored 34, 38, and 26. We scored 22 in that one, and we shot 27% from the field. Just it was just an observation. Um, yeah, looking at minus this, seven. Yeah. Okay. Looking at this Portland team, the guy who played the most amount of minutes tonight, 39 minutes, Tumani Kamara. Um, nice. I, don't, I don't have his drop anymore. We used to have a Tamani Kamara drop because uh, once upon a time, folks, I don't know if you know this, uh, but Tamani Kamara was a member of the Phoenix Suns. We drafted him, and he was going to be somebody who you know we obviously were excited to see. Uh, he he was our summer league darling. For those of you who watched the summer league, it was Tamani Kamara. And just for old time's sake, uh, I will go ahead and I will play his drop once it's done loading. Here we go. Tamani Kamara. Here we go. There was the Tamani Kamara. Oh, epic. Yeah, that was a huge one, dude. That's my favorite. Was there no background music? 
No, I didn't get to the background music. It oh, was, I feel it like was, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna work. It on was it. summer league. I'm like, I'll work on yeah. it. <laughs> you know, um, I was watching him in DA. They were warming up at the same time. Basically, you can tell the difference between like a guy really trying to work on his shit, and then DA just kind of. I don't know what DA does. Uh, this is the first he time I ever watched his free games. He does, but like he he works on his like little stutter step or whatever. But I'm like, are you traveling into that shot? Like it just does not. None of it made any sense. Ugh. He just even though I have my pick of when I'm watching him, like that nice pick on Twitter that you took, that was a nice one of me in the background, creepily yes, watching him. There, there, like, there, is a, head. there is a picture well, of Matthew watching DeAndre Ayton. No, I took it from across the court because we were both sitting, you were sitting on one side of the court watching, I was sitting on the other, and all of a sudden we, like, we locked eyes. I'm like, oh shit, there's Matthew. Yeah, I saw you posted something. I'm like, that's on the other side. And I looked over there, <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, here well, I am. and our bald heads like zapped together. It's zapped together and it ruined Aiden's jump shots during all of his pregame warm-up shots. So, all right, well let's uh, let's hand out some hardware. Jam star of the game. Jamsters, this is a reminder if you're watching along live, go ahead and let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. And if you are listening or watching in later time, just shout it out. Just let somebody know as you're walking by. Maybe you're in downtown Phoenix. You got your AirPods in. You're on a lunch break and you walk around and listen to the podcast. Just take your AirPod out and go, Kevin Durant. And then carry on with your life. And then hope that somebody doesn't punch you in the back of the head. Matthew, you went first last time, so I'm going to go first this time. Okay. I want to give it to KD. So, so much. But I'm giving it to Nasir Little. It's going to be my first time this season that I'm giving it to Nasir Little. Uh, but I, again, I love the impact that he brought in this game. I thought it was vitally important to the Phoenix Suns at the time in which they did. I thought it was a great adjustment by Monty Williams. And the fact that he... By Monty Williams? Oh, shit, by Frank Vogel. Oh, I shit. thought you were just joking, dude. <laughs> Whoops. I, well, I was writing the article on the, right, on the ride home. Like, I was, like, speak to texting my thoughts. And I'm like, if, the, if he was playing under Monty Williams, he would never see the light of day because Monty never makes adjustments. So that's where my mind was at. Uh, but Frank Vogel, great adjustment by Frankie Vogel, Frankie Valley, Frankie Vogel. And I think that uh, he he earns the – I know it wasn't a ton of time, but you know, in the limited time that he played tonight, in the 22 minutes, he had 13 points and five boards, and I, just, I loved what I, th- I saw from Nasir Little. So go for it, Matthew. That's who I got too. Nasir Little. Yes, for sure, man. I don't think we really win this game going away in the in the fourth quarter if he wasn't playing tonight. He just he was a difference maker, man. He was the extender we needed to keep pace with this team and at times, you know, just pull away from them. So perfect game from him, man. I'm excited. Next game, honestly, I'm more excited tomorrow night just to watch him over everybody else. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch that game. We'll talk about here momentarily. Real quick, the Jamsters, David Ray gives it to KD as the jam star of the game. It's hard to beat that game of his with 31 points and nine assists. Michael Kolb gives it to Nurkic, jam star. Fuck yeah, baby. Slim Reaper from Lazy Squatch. Uh, we have Aptis Lopez says KD and Nurkic. Stephanie Jackson says Kevin fucking Durant, jam, jam star of the game. God bless him. I agree with that. God bless Kevin Durant. Booker needs to slow down when he's playing. He's playing way too fast. That has nothing to do with Jamstar, but I read it. Mm. Uh, Nas backup Jamstar for sure from Michael Kolb. Uh, Nurkic from Jewel. Nurkic for that second half. Uh, Yeah, so Jason L. asked this. I guess we can answer this question real quick. 
What is going on with Josh Kogan offense? No show again. I just think he's lost all confidence. Do you, Matthew? Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all confidence. He, he has the corner three wide open. He'll pump fake and drive and not know what he's doing because he just he lacks. Which is fine right now. Which is I think it's fine. Maybe he just realizes you know what next offseason, this is what I work on. Yep. Or or all the time that he's going to get sitting because Nasir Little is going to take his minutes <laughs> once you is back. Up next tomorrow, eight p.m. You have the Suns and the Golden State. Warriors. Steph Curry's back after a six-game losing streak. The Warriors did win last night. Going to be a fun game. Going to be an exciting game. Matthew, what are you looking for, and who's winning? Uh, I think the Suns can win this one, and a lot of it has to do with Draymond being out, and also just Clay having actually a decent game last game. He's been so bad this year where, you know, it's just like, is he past his prime? Obviously, he is, but he kind of thought, he thought going into this season, he's like, this is going to be you know, one of those seasons to remember, right? But so far, it hasn't started off. Last game, he looked good. And like you said, they lost six straight, and then they won the last game against a streaking Rockets team that really surprised a lot of people. So that's a good win for them to get more mm-hmm. confidence. But you know who their point guard is in Draymond Green. He will be out. Um, hopefully, I get to see him backstage. That'd be cool. Um, I don't know why I said that. It's not cool. All right, so yeah, that's my preview. <laughs> I agree with everything that Matthew says. I hope you get to see everyone backstage. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the, the, here. Here's my here's my one take. The Suns do a really poor job guarding the perimeter. This is a perimeter based team in the Golden State Warriors. They obviously have one of the greatest shooters of all time in Steph Curry. They're seven and eight right now. They're uh, a team that takes the fifth most three-point attempts in the league. They're shooting at the 15th in the 15th percentile relative to threes. I just think that the Suns, we have an affinity. I mean, that's what kept Portland in this game. Portland did not have a good game, but they were knocking down the three ball tonight. They ended up shooting 45.2% from beyond the arc. They were 14 of 31. They had twice as many three-pointers as the Phoenix Suns did. That's what kept them in this game. The Suns would have blown them the fuck out if they were shot just at their normal average. Golden State, you leave them wide open, they're going to eviscerate you. So watch out for that, Suns fans. Uh, Matthew, you will be at the game. Do I need to get a pinch hitter tomorrow? Um, it's up to you. You want to, um, and then I can just join from the game. If you want to go early, because it'll be a late game, so it's up to you if you want to wait till midnight, but... We figured it out tonight, you know, if we don't stay for the press conference after, you still hit traffic, so it's the same yeah. amount of time to get back home. So I might hit um, up the geek. Yeah, just for backup and see how yeah, he's doing. We'll see. So, Jamsters, join us tomorrow after the Suns versus the Golden State Warriors game. I'll be live. Matthew will be joining us from the arena. Should be a fun one. Should be a great one. Hopefully it's a win in our fifth in a row. Because you win that one, you play Memphis on Friday, you play the Knicks on Sunday, you're putting yourself a nice little winning streak together. I fucking love that Kevin Durant, that motherfucker. Him with the shoes and the way he's got the jump shot. It's just fucking beautiful. I'm telling y'all. That's all I We got should just do a whole pod like that. We should. I, I totally could. <laughs> First I could time people watch, like, wait, what the fuck? They're like, what's these guys this, in New York? Are they great? Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, what, what's this grandma from New York talking about Kevin Durant about? And why does he have a beard <laughs> and has no hair? Grandma's? We should the grandma podcast dress up like grandmas and be like really that fucking Kevin Durant. The whole the time jumper. it's Nerk Watch just for an hour. That's all <laughs> just, we get through is this Nerk Watch. No, no, we sit there, we play the Nerk Watch drop, and then we just sit there and like 
Well, I'm watching the screen. I don't know what I should be watching well, like, for. To it, like, yeah. Just our forehead showing. Like, where's this... where's Nurk? Where are these people at? I don't see the people. I don't. I see these people here, but where are they? They're not talking to me. These fucking bastards. That's all I got, Matthew. <laughs> That's all I got too. Go home and love your family. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.